Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you guys. I'm waiting for Periscope to let me in. It's not letting me in. So give me a moment, please. If you're in, feel free to share it out. (laughs) I have the hearts, people. This is Lauren Daigle, as you guys know. it changed hmm. okay wait maybe here it comes here it is I found it it's just like they changed it okay here we go I made it people hmm. I go ahead and share it out now So it's not like in your ear. There you go. All right, put a one if you can hear me good or well. Hello, Dr. Jennifer Fee. Can Dr. Jennifer Fee actually hear me though? (laughs) You have See the flowers behind me. I gotta share a story about those flowers. I have a spiritual lesson to impart to you people. Hmm. 
Alright, you did it. <laughs> yeah, I do. Hi, Angie. Hello, everybody else coming in. Glad you're here. start. Sorry about that. But this is, after all, Bible News Radio people. <clears throat> and I am your sweet and lovable host. Yeah, I am. And I'm proud of it, too. All right. So I have to share with you a story because I, I love I love object lessons. I don't know about you, but I do. But before we get into the story, let me welcome my my hunk, my hand, my handsome hunky husband. I knew you'd get it. And your mic is still really hot, and mine is, is barely really? there. Oh, wait, I should turn you up. There you go. Check one too. But uh, when you're getting is that better? When you're getting loud there, with me too, it gets distorted. So that's maybe a little too hot for we me as well. You want me to turn it down just a little? I actually have it up like three quarters of the way for for both of us almost. As long as we don't get very loud, we should be fine. Okay. Well. If at any time during the production of this program put on by you and me, that's right. Any of you out there have an issue, just let us know and we'll try to fix it. I think this mixer is what ten years old or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty old. Okay, so November fourth, <clears throat> um, seventeen years ago, my mom died, and you know it was a bittersweet day obviously because you know when your parent dies it's like well you know you lose your parent the death of a parent is never easy um you know and i'm not looking forward forward to the day when my father dies either but what i can say is that um 17 years ago on november 4th when my mom died um you know it was really the beginning of a chapter of a new life for me because, you know, and it, as it is for everybody. So it's not like all of a sudden Stacy Harp has a new chapter because her mom died. But, but 17 years has gone by since my mom died. And my mom was cremated. Her ashes were put in the ocean, in the Pacific Ocean. And so I, you know, so for one of the, for me, one of the hardest parts of kind of, grieving my mom is you know the traditional where do you go when you grieve right so i bought flowers this year this is the first time in 17 years that i actually celebrated my mom being in heaven you know because i've had this you know i mean it's a big loss right my mom was very abusive my whole life and it wasn't until the end of her life that she actually told me she loved me really so so I bought flowers for her this year, and I wanted to show you. They're, they're behind me. You could see them. These are only like half of them, though, because I bought these flowers on November 4th. Okay, here it is, November 15th, 11 days later. And look at them. These roses, I literally bought six flowers, okay? So there's, there's four roses there, and there's one daisy, and that... And there's one daisy that died. I mean, it just completely keeled over. <laughs> it kind of died. I mean, they're all dead people. Let's just say it. They're all dead. But um, I wanted to kind of, you know, share 
share kind of like an object lesson first before we get into the headlines of the day. So, um, so my pastor's wife works at the the florist where I went and got these, and you know I don't know about you guys, but I have uh, bought flowers like you know off and on throughout my life. Randall's got me flowers off and on, but uh, Patty, my pastor's wife. She actually um, told me how to take care of these to make them live longer. So I just wanted to give you guys a tip in case you didn't know this like me. I had no clue. First of all, when you buy flowers, um, if, you, if you get them, change the water every single day. Change the water, which I never knew. I honestly never knew. I would, before what I did was I would water them when I saw the water getting low, I would just add more water. I would never change it. But Patty told me, she said, when you get fresh flowers, you know, change the water every day. So I did. I've been changing the water every day and I've been clipping the bottom every day. Of course, every day it gets easier because the stems are soaked, right? But I mean, this is, you know, this is 11 days later, you guys, 11 days. And these flowers still look pretty good. I mean, they're starting to wilt just a little bit with the red roses here. Um, but I think I could probably get probably another three days out of this, which would be close to three weeks that these flowers have lost lasted me. So that's just a tip. And, you know, it is a tip, too, if you want to, like, kind of use it as an object lesson as well. You know, that, you know, when you're in God's word every day, you know, you are stronger, you're, you know, you have more of a vitality in your Christian walk. And when you decide to not be in God's word every day and water yourself and nourish yourself that way, you begin to wilt and wither. And, you know, you don't look as good spiritually because you're like, you're like dying. Leaves come off and all that. And that's the other thing too, the, the greenery there. There was some baby's breath in there as well. But when you take it, take this stuff out, just, you know, gently, take go through the stem and that and just take off the dead stuff it's called pruning really you prune away the bad stuff so that it, so the good stuff stays behind and and i just thought it was kind of cool for me that you know and, and plus where i got these i got them half price anyway so it was kind of cool but um randall did you know that you probably did because you know lots of stuff i don't know did i know what how to keep flowers longer no i didn't know that yeah it was all news to me as well. Are you surprised that they've lasted this long? Um, I don't know. I generally <laughs> I don't know how long they keep. So. Well, I've seen them last a week. But I know they, very these, little. These have lasted almost going on three weeks. And I have I can tell you the parts of a flower, but as far as keeping yeah. them, you know, preserving them, I arranging them. I haven't actually nothing. put, like, she gave, Patty gave me a, a packet of food for them, like, the first day, but... That was it. They didn't get to eat the, that food because I didn't have any more. <laughs> You've been starving the whole time. Yeah, you have. <laughs> anyway, okay, so um, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at some headlines of the day. Randall, are you still eating your pizza over there? I am not. You ate it all? All two pieces, yes. Me too. Me and Randall just had some pizza that he bought that was frozen that we cooked in the oven. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. Me and Randall have been kind of fasting <laughs> because of finances. We were like, no, we both we, we both got sick. But Bareface, are you feeling better? Yes, I am. I'm are you feeling better. better than last week when we had our little on-air tiff that I got some interesting feedback on? 
Yeah, we're still clipping, making, I don't know, maybe it's my headset, I don't know. Okay, I'll but turn it down just a little bit more. How's that? That seems better. Okay, good. I'll just keep it there. Okay, so... Um, what kind of feedback did you get? Well, you know, number one, that we're funny. That's probably the mm. number one feedback. People wanted you to get better, as I did. Mr. Bareface, is Mr. Skin and Bones over there. Yeah, he's skinny. I'm trying to fatten him yeah. up. <laughs> It'd be so the fat cool if gather I could around take, my abdomen would disagree. If I could take what little fat I have on me and put it onto you. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I wouldn't be me if I didn't have some fat on me. Just saying. Right. Mm-hmm. I like me. I love me the way I am. I really truly As do. do. I. I'm true. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at some headlines. Let's start with the, the one that Bareface picked. What, which one was it? The uh, Christian Post article. That the Yeah, I just put it up so I know. I put everything into still mode, so I don't know what paper it's on. Yeah, let me um, fix the screen capture here. We shall wait while we'll do this. While he's doing this, though, however, I shall say... Ariel Ministries is our sponsor, people. Don't and, do that, because then well, I'm... Well, go ahead, do that. No. I will do it, because Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. <laughs> Don't forget, people, Ariel's our sponsor. So if you want to save some great money, 20%, you can go to ariel.org, save 20% on anything you buy there on the website. Mm-hmm. Pretty good stuff. To get. I would encourage you, if you are trying to find out more about Christ, I would get them the Highlights of the Life of Christ series, the Messianic Jewish Perspective books called Life of the Messiah. Right, Bareface? Say again? It's it's the Life of the Messiah books, right? Those, that's the Yeshua, highlights. yeah. Yeshua, Yeshua, Life of Messiah from a Messianic Jewish Perspective. Get those books. It will change your life if you study them and you read them. It will help you understand the Word of God way better than you probably do now. <clears throat> okay, so Ariel.org, we love them. We appreciate all the years that they've sponsored us and just ask that you would patronize them if you like our show. Okay, so, and also tomorrow, I have a guy coming on my show that I met on TikTok. Yeah, I did. So this guy um, is known for his crazy God stories on TikTok. It's going to be a very fun interview tomorrow because I'm going to be talking to a a, a, a brother, a believer in Jesus that has some crazy God stories that are encouraging testimonies, which we should all have. That's why I want him on the show to share some of his, because I've shared with you a lot of mine. I can't hear yours because you can't like directly talk back to me, but um, it's going to be an encouraging show. I guarantee it. You're going to walk away going, yay, God, because God is awesome. Okay, so let's now get to the news. Christian pastors, activists, mocked. And a drag queen fundraiser for Planned Parenthood. Yeah, they are. Okay, so uh, listen to this. It says here, pastors and Christian activists known for, for protesting Planned Parenthood and drag queen story hour events were ridiculed and mocked. Yes, they were. At a fundraiser for the abortion giant. An activist group organized on Facebook called Spokane United Against Religious Extremism and the Church at Planned Parenthood in reference to a church that gathers weekly for worship outside a Planned Parenthood clinic in Spokane, Washington called the Church at Planned Parenthood. 
organized the October 30th Halloween-themed drag show fundraiser that included an auction featuring giant cardboard cutouts of area Christians known to protest Drag Queen Story Hour events. Now, I will say something here, and it might be controversial, but what I will say is, hey, this is America. I love the fact that we can protest. I think it's an awesome thing. I think it's awesome that in America, people can protest. I love it because it's America where we can protest. We have that, right? The free speech and stuff. Um, But there's a difference between protesting and being polite about it and being just flat out mean and just disrespectful towards the people you disagree with. And that's where immaturity comes in and stupidity, really. But anyway, let's read on. Uh, it says here, the, the event also took aim at local pastors who are frequently seen praying outside Planned Parenthood abortion facilities, according to Anna Bohawk, founder of 500 Mom Strong. I don't know if I said her name right, but whatever. A nonprofit organization comprised of mothers who are saying no to the misogyny of Drag Queen Story Hour and the transgender movement that is taking over our culture, the group's Facebook page states. Okay. Some of you might not know what misogyny is, so I will just tell you simply, it's basically women hating, okay? It's men hating women. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, I know we're going to talk about this a little, but basically the whole assault, the whole, the whole mockery of transgenderism is really an assault on women. And um, people, some people don't see it that way. I completely see it that way. Because it, it is. It is. And if I, as a woman, were to call out some of these transgenders, transvestite people, um, for example, and say, man, you make an ugly woman. (gasps) You know why? Because you're a man. (laughs) I would get attacked for that because I'm a woman. I'm a real woman. Just so you know, real women bleed. Like they have periods and they have real breasts. Just saying. And I do not think that you can be a real woman or call yourself a woman or even should dress like a woman unless you bear the joy of menstruation. Just saying, you know, and I mean heavy menstruation, menstruation that causes you cramps and having to take 800 milligrams of Advil every four hours. Just saying, okay, that's my opinion. And, you know, unless you're a man, you've gone through that, you know, with heavy blood clots, like bleeding, like big, huge clumps of blood coming out of you, like that just fill up a whole pad or a tampon. That is womanhood. Just saying, people. Okay, so unless you have to endure that on a consistent monthly basis, you are not a woman, in my opinion. Just so you know. Okay. You're not a real woman. Well, if you've had a period, you're a real woman. (laughs) Okay, searching the social media pages of the drag performers, Bohawk said she saw photos and and video footage taken at the event and fundraiser, which she described as a slave-style auction where the Christian leaders were mocked. Now, if it was Muslim leaders that were mocked, do you think that there would be an outcry from the Muslim community? Mm Mm-hmm. If it was strictly black African-American leaders who were mocked, do you think there would be an outcry from the black community? Uh-huh. Yep. If it was illegal aliens that were mocked, do you think that there would be an outcry from the illegal alien, democratic, socialist, communist, Marxist party? Mm-hmm. But because it's Christians and it's Christian pastors, 
Where is the outcry, people? Well, I think if it was any of the above demographics that were being mocked, it wouldn't be just that demographic being upset. It would be the the you know the left wing elitists who preach the tolerance and the you know diversity and the you know whatever fill in the blank that <laughs> that had the solutions to all of society's ills because they're they're above it all uh, they would be the ones complaining loudest more so than the parties chiefly offended if there's any sort of minority you know perceived thereof then then particularly white wealthy left wing you know activists would be the loudest complainers i think i agree well thank you Okay. Got to find my spot again. I'm actually reading off the screen farthest away from me. And one of these days, I'm going to get some glasses so I can read things better. But in the meantime, bear with me squinting because I am middle-aged. Okay. In an email statement? In an email statement to the Christian Post, read Christian Compost. Just kidding. A person who participated in the event and goes by Tyranny Hex, brother, uh, said Bohawk's description of the skit as the slave-style auction was inaccurate. The cutouts were part of a fundraising game. They were not sold. Buckets were placed at the feet of the faces, and the audience came up to put money into the buckets. We then tallied the total in each bucket and made a donation to Planned Parenthood in the name of the leader's loudest of TCAAP. Or TCAPP. To cheers and laughs from the crowd, the drag queen performers were followed by three dancers holding large photos and cutouts of three Christians who have been protest protesting drag queen story hour events in the community, including Pastor Ken Peters, Pastor Afshin Yagatin, I'm sure I'm not saying that right, <laughs> and Bohawk herself. It echoed the uproarious laughter of audiences that laughed and mocked blacks and women in the minstrel uh, shows of not that long ago, she noted in a blog post last week. Other performers then held up the cutouts of six other local Christians, including those affiliated with the church at Planned Parenthood, lined up on a stage where the donations to the abortion business were made. The church at Planned Parenthood describes itself as a worship service at the gates of hell, a form of non-confrontational spiritual warfare. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> On October 31st, Facebook posted a, a Facebook post by Spokane. Can. Spokane. I think it's pronounced both ways. United Against Religious Extremism and the Church at Planned Parenthood noted that the cutouts of photos raised a total of $290.04. <clears throat> wow. That was it? Really? That's good. Only 290 bucks? That's it? That's, that's Wow. That's sad. Well, I mean, it's good, but it's sad. And included the individual amounts raised from mocking each pastor and Christian's activist. Oh, yeah, here it was. The total raised was later increased to $1,800.65, $1,865, all of which will be going to Planned Parenthood. Like, they need more money. Yeah. Bohawk told the Christian Post on Tuesday that she not she's not surprised by Planned Parenthood's teaming up with drag queens against Christians who've been especially vocal against their antics. Christians are the biggest threat to their agendas. We are the only ones standing in their way and telling them, no, you will not abort babies. No, 
You will not exploit vulnerable women and no, you will not expose our children to sexual deviancy and gender confusion. Using effigies, did I say that right? Effigies. Effigies and a slave auction style fundraiser to raise money for an organization whose existence is based upon the extermination of black Americans is in very poor taste. This person said, but again, not surprising given drag itself is rooted in the blackface minstrel shows of the last century. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bohawk stressed that a nefarious common thread exists try- tying drag queens and Planned Parenthood together. Both groups dehumanize, exploit, terrorize, and commit violence against women. Yep. A- abortion is violence against women and their babies, and drag is a misogynistic mockery of women, she said, referencing a video showing a drag queen in a New York gay bar dramatizing a woman aborting her baby and then cannibalizing it. Okay. Wow. Isn't that gross and sad? This is a perfect example. You took my screen away to read from. Okay, I'll look over there to the right. Of the partnership between drag and the abortion giant. (laughs) These people are evil. Their actions speak for themselves and Christians can't keep looking at, looking the other way forever. Sorry, I'm not looking at you, but I was trying to. I need a new producer. Well, we've only got, I can't, there's a preview and a live, and I've got to cue the preview before switching it live. You know what's really cool about our faces, and we can make faces. Yeah, we can. We can be expressive with our eyeballs, like open our eyes wide. Yeah, just because we can doesn't mean we should. I would, that was quite a long description of, of, you know, the nefarious common thread that exists between... Uh, drag queens and Planned Parenthood, I would sum it up into saying uh, sexual anarchy. That's mm-hmm. that's the common thread. Uh, both both champion sexuality outside of its God given design. That um, either uh, you know careless sexuality and if it, you know results in pregnancy. Which procreation, that's <coughs> primary purpose, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then abort the baby. Uh, and then, and then both of them are a, a, a perversion of human sexuality, whether, uh, whether abortion or, you know, transgender bending stuff. It's like, it's basically, um, you know, shaking the fist of God or thumbing your nose or whatever, basically saying, forget the natural and supernatural design of humans and human sexuality. We are going to make it into whatever we want it to be. I think that's the common thread. Do you ever feel like we talk about this a lot on this show? Um, we do because it's 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 so prevalent and and getting more flagrant as as time goes on. It's it's a dom, it's a dominating topic in the news. Yeah, it is. Uh, because you know, just it, it's it's the it's the primary motivation of things in the news. Mm-hmm. In pop culture, the, you know the the confrontation 
between godliness and unrighteousness is primarily expressed these days in the sexual anarchy movement. It's true. I mean, there are other things. Sure, there there are there's substance abuse, you know, other things like that. But the primary expression of rebellion of sinfulness in today's society, as I see it, is sexual anarchy. I agree. Which means we should talk about the next story, the one about the transgender Juliet. Now, this is an interesting story. You guys pay attention to this one because this. This, you know, we talk about Christian persecution, and yes, in America, it's not like we're getting our heads cut off yet. Uh, the key word is yet, just so you know. Um, but th listen to this one. This is um, this is interesting. You can see the headline, Pressure to Cast the Transgender Juliet. Renowned Columbia University theater professor resigns over full-blown communism on campus. And I will say, just really fast, you know, um, I was talking to a guy this week. I went, I went to a networking meeting, uh, uh, did a one-on-one -on -one with somebody. And I was talking to the owner of this clinic. Uh, that is a, um, it's a, it's a clinic where you can go to get Botox and, you know, anti-aging and all that type of stuff. And the guy that owns it happens to be from India. And so him and I had a very interesting conversation. I asked him how he came to America and he told me. You know, he came over on a student visa and eventually finished his medical school over here. And then he went on to tell me, um, well, we ended, we ended up talking a little bit about politics and bad driving uh, because in India, they don't have streets like we do. And so he was telling me about that. But, but we also were talking about the whole reason he came here. And a lot of that was for freedom. Right. The, the, the freedom, not only to worship, but the freedom that we have in this country um, because we're not under communism and we're not under some other type of oppressive type government. And I was telling him, I said, you know, it's interesting. I know people, my former vet that I had in California, he came from Egypt to America uh, because he was being persecuted as a Christian there. And, you know, if you know a lot of people who come, you know, who might, who immigrate to the country, to our country, to America, and they do it right, just as an example, like this doctor did, and my vet did, um, they will tell you what's, why, number one, they support Donald Trump, but they will also tell you that most Americans are completely asleep to what's really going on in the government and the push for communism, Marxism, socialism, and all of that in our country because these people have fled their countries to become citizens of America because they already know what it's like living under that. So anyway, this is, this is sad, but, but I'm going um, to read it. It says here, uh, former Columbia University professor Andre Serban speaks, speaks during an interview with Romania public broadcaster TVR1. Okay. Randall's going to pretend it's a teleprompter and I can read it I, so it says here a Columbia University professor says he quit his tenured position in the theater department because the Ivy League school is quote on its way toward full-blown communism unquote an ideology he escaped when he left his native country the college fix reports 
Professor Andrei Serban, an award-winning director who grew up in com communist Romania, which, by the way, Richard Wormbrand, Voice of the Martyrs, founder, it's where he grew up, too, talked about the social justice demands he faced while in the university's theater department in an interview that recently aired on Romania's TVR1. The interview was translated by a Romanian-American immigrant, according to the College Fix. The translator told the website the interview may have been the first time that Serban had publicly announced he had resigned from his position. Columbia still has Serban listed as a professor of theater arts in the facility, in the, in the faculty of the arts on its website, which it's linked, by the way. During Serban's television interview, the host seemed shocked to find out that the American higher education system is headed towards communism. Well, clearly, they don't watch the media. <laughs> the professor recounted in the interview that after a professor had retired, he and the other professors in the department were called into a meeting with the dean of the arts school. During this meeting, the dean told them there were too many white professors, too many, too many heterosexual men. The group was told it would be best to hire a minority, a woman, or a gay man. Serbin was the director of the hiring committee. He was told the new hire cannot be someone like him because he is married, a heterosexual man who has children. Now, think about that. Just for a second, it used to be that's all that we had, right, people? Normal people <laughs> who were leading our children and youth and young adults. <sighs> but that's so stupid now, right? <laughs> anyway. The professor said when he asked if the most qualified candidate happened to be a straight white male, could this person be hired? No, came the swift reply. I felt like I was living under communism again, he said. Serban then told of another incident in which a male-to-female transgender student auditioned for the role in the play Romeo and Juliet. He said he was pressured to cast a transgender student in the role after the student performed Juliet's monologue during the audition. The professor said he did not believe the student could perform as Juliet. His colleagues disagreed with him for his statements, and he resigned from his position soon after saying he could not violate his principles. Good for him. According to his faculty bio, Serban is an accomplished theatrical director and producer. He served as the director of the Romanian National Theater and has won a Tony Award as well as several OB and international awards. I don't know what the OB Award is, but a Tony Award is like, I think the highest you can get in the arts. Is that right, Bareface? Uh, in theater. Yeah. yeah. So that says something. Is that the end of the article? That's the end of the article, yes. Okay. You know, is yeah, the, the, the higher education, especially... Hey, Barb and Stephen. You know, the larger universities. And, Gina and Mia and Pastor Garrett. And who else came in? Sharon is in there. Oops. I don't know who else showed up. Okay, I think that's it. You know, you know, the universities have been heading toward communism here in the States for several decades. It's getting worse. Um, you know, I, I would have no problem hiring... Um, Ultimately, I mean, at a secular institution, even though most universities, uh, certainly, well, pretty much in the world, all the universities started as Christian institutions. I mean, if, originally, that if there was some founded, you know, like Phoenix University and Strayer, you know, stuff founded in the 20th and 21st century, I mean, there are secular universities. 
but you know, like the Ivy League schools, the Harvards, and you know that kind of thing. Uh, of you know the universities, you know Oxford, you know the of the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth centuries, uh, and even nineteenth centuries. Um, you know, originally Christian institutions and have some, you know, Christian uh, motto. Anyway, but that's all gone the way of the, you know, gone to the wayside as we know. Anyway, in a secular institution, if, you know, if there was a gay man that was best suited for the job, fine, whatever, you know, your sexuality, whatever, you know. But wouldn't we have a system like here at Columbia University, I think that's in New York, um, that you, you've got to hire based on demographics, not on their qualifications. It's like, well, what if the being the most qualified man, you know, qualified person for the job is a white heterosexual male? Nope. Nope. Can't hire him. It's got to be, you know. Yeah. Uh, got to be a homeless transgender uh, minority or you know whatever um you know it's interesting to me okay i have two two friends named jennifer i actually have more than two friends named jennifer jennifer is really a popular name right now in my life but okay only it's not your name no but recently i was talking and they're both liberals actually <laughs> that's funny okay so i have two friends named jennifer and they both teach at college at at a college level, um, one is the director of a psychology program. That's Dr. Jennifer Fee over at Vanguard University, where I used to where I used to go. Um, and then, is she really? Is Jennifer really scoping right now? You guys should go in and harass her and mm. say seriously. You, she came into this show and then she went and did her own scope. I should harass her about that. I should get on and I should jump on her scope and then harass her about it, but I'm not going to anyway. But so Jennifer um, was talking to me recently about issue. <laughs> anyway, she was talking to me recently about, you know, the need for, um, for different ethnicities and stuff like that in, in grad psych. Meanwhile, I had this other Jennifer who may or may not be watching because she watches the show sometimes. And if you are, I'm glad that you're watching. Uh, we, and, and she was sharing with me that she is a white, she's white like me. Um, but she teaches down here in Tennessee at a predominantly black college, I guess, or the, where the students are predominantly black. And she, and we were talking about, um, my comments a couple of weeks back, you know, where some people accused me of being racist because I was trying to figure out the whole, why is it okay for black people to post separate groups, you know, about black empowerment and all that. But if me as a white person had done it, then I would be called a racist because I did it because I'm white and I'm, you know, I have white privilege supposedly. Um, but whatever. Okay. So anyway, and so I got a different perspective about that and I thought, you know, it's true. And one of the things Jennifer, who teaches the, all the black kids, was telling me was that she, she doesn't necessarily feel like she's the right person to teach on what it's like to be black because she isn't black. I get that. I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, I could teach on being white, I guess. I'm pretty white. Yeah. You know, I have white hair according to the children i used to 
do therapy with. It's mostly white, just so you know. Um, but anyway, my point is, is that there's a need for, there is a need for diversity, but it shouldn't be coerced diversity. It should be based on what your actual qualifications are. It shouldn't be based on anything else. Cause, cause here's my last thought on this. Because we have black colleges, right? We have black colleges that like Oprah Winfrey funds gives millions of dollars to where black folks come out. In fact, I actually saw on TikTok today, and this was great. This was a black young man, 24 years old, mentioned he just graduated from a black college and he supports and votes for Donald Trump. He's going to. That's what he said. And... I was like, oh my gosh, you might be disowned by some black people who don't agree with you, but you're pretty brave for doing that. Of course, those guys, and I'm sure Pastor Garrett probably has heard this before, they would be called, um, what would it be called? They would, it's, what would they be called? It's not, what would they call, it's, it's not Huckleberry Finn, it's the other one. Tom Huck, no, that's not it. What is it? You know, and Huckleberry Finn, what's the, help me out here. You know what I'm trying to remember, right? No. Yeah, you know, they call they call a black person who supports white people. Like Uncle Tom? Uncle Tom, is that it? Is that yeah. it, Pastor Garrett? I don't, I, mean, I can't remember. That has nothing to Barb, do with... Barb, help me out. You're that old has, enough to remember this. That has nothing to do with Huckleberry Finn. Well, anyway, they would be called a derogatory name. They would be mocked because they're black and they're supposedly acting white. And I'm like, uh, no, Uncle Tom. Oreo. Uncle Tom, I think, it's, I think they'd be called Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom, yeah, that's what Barb said. Uncle yeah, from, Tom, see? from the see? book Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, so they would be called that. And it's like, okay. Be and yet, okay, I'll tell you this, too. There's another guy on TikTok. He's a black guy. He's a FedEx driver, right? And I think he said, I'm trying to recall, he said his dad was a lawyer and his mom was like an English teacher. And he has actually gotten accused of being anti-black as a black guy because he speaks English well and he's well-spoken. And he doesn't sleep, he doesn't talk, he doesn't say all the black slang and, you know, and all that. So, I, you know, black people can't win even in their own community, especially in their own community. I actually learned that from a black lady when I went to grad school with her. So, I mean, it's just, it's stupid. I think people, like Dr. Martin Luther King said, I believe, you know, we shouldn't be judged by the color of our skin, but by our merits, you know. By but, the content of our character. Yeah, by our character, right? I, character. I certainly, yeah, in the case of, you know, certainly... A university or anyone should be discriminatory. Where my, are you trying to keep your eyes open like me? Yeah. Does that look creepy when I when I go like this? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, you know, certainly, does. there shouldn't be discrimination when someone's qualified and they're disqualified on the basis of skin color or sexual orientation or whatever. If they're qualified to do the job. But it shouldn't be the reverse where, you know, the the minority status takes precedence over any qualifications. You know, a, a demographic shouldn't be a disqualification for an otherwise qualified person. But it shouldn't be the 
um, qualifier for an otherwise disqualified person. Okay. If so that makes sense. It, it, it totally makes sense because it's logical. All right. So getting back to the issue of black people. Now, this is, this is breaking news re- relatively. Okay. How many of you know who Tony Evans is? Um, Tony Evans, you know, he's the pastor of Tony Evans. I believe he's a doctor too. I'm pretty sure he's got a doctorate. I could be wrong. Uh, he might not, but, um, but Tony Evans, he's the dad of Priscilla Shearer, you know, um, and his wife who currently has cancer, unfortunately, and it's not good. It's not looking good for her. Um, <clears throat> this, I saw this story a couple of days back and I thought, you know, I should share this because this is interesting and I think it's a great thing. And, and let's read it. So it says here, uh, pastor, uh, well, it says Tony Evans becomes the first soul uh, African-American to author a study Bible commentary named for him. Um, and I'm probably not going to read the whole thing, but it says here, celebrating 50 years of historic ministry, the Dallas pastor discusses his advice to Kirk Franklin and how his new releases highlight the black presence in scripture. Pastor Tony Evans has been a mega church leader, a radio broadcaster, and the author of dozens of books. And I actually had, I actually met, um, I was, did I meet him or I just say hi to him? at NRB a couple years ago he was there I did take an original picture of him but anyway uh, but anyway now he has a new title the first african-american to have both a study bible and a full bible commentary with his name paying attention to context is extremely important if you want to to accurately understand what the bible is saying he writes in opening in opening instructions of the new 1429 page commentary Editors note, Evans was the first African-American to earn a doctorate in theology from Dallas Theological Seminary. Yeah, so there you go. He's a doctor. If you don't pay attention to the context, you are in danger of trying to make the Bible say something that it doesn't actually say. Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, his predominantly black non-denominational church, marked the fall release of the two tomes at a gospel star-studded celebration on Friday. During the almost three-hour Kingdom Legacy Live event, musicians Kirk Franklin and Lecrae, did I say that right? Yes. Both described Evans as the father figure they needed in person or via his radio broadcast, The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans. I had the privilege, by the way, of, of interviewing Priscilla um, a while back, but um, but Tony is hard to get, just so you know. The evening featured video tributes to Evans 70 from other luminaries such as former President George W. Bush and former football player Herschel Walker. It also included words of gratitude from family and friends for Evans' ailing wife Lois. Priscilla Shearer, one of Tony and Lois Evans' four children, recalled how her mother worked to pack up and mail cassette tapes of her father's sermons in the early days of the ministry the couple co-founded. Just before the event, Evans talked to Religion News Service, RNS, that's what I call it, in an exclusive interview about his new biblical volumes, coping with his wife's health challenges and support, supporting Franklin in his boycott after the gospel musicians' race-related remarks were cut from a broadcast of the Dove Awards. And I, I think, did we talk about that or did we just talk about it? I can't remember if we talked about it on air or off air, but <clears throat> keep scrolling. Okay, and then it says here, okay, so, so I'm keep reading, go scroll up. So he's talking about his wife, asked how his wife doing, her diagnosis of biliary cancer, and has her condition been a test, perhaps a faith for you as well, 
as her, <clears throat> excuse me, a great test of faith in our lives because it's incurable cancer. And the doctor said there's nothing more that they can do. So they are totally resting on the supernatural at this point. But because we have a strong faith, we are stable in the midst of instability and uncertainty. We stay close to each other as a family and we stay close to God. Over the last week and a half, there has been a slight improvement that has that was unexpected even by the doctor. So we're just trusting God in the middle of that and taking it day by day. We're believing for a miracle, but we trust him regardless. And so that's a prayer request, you guys. If you pray for Pastor Tony Evans' wife, Lois, um, that would be good. In fact, there has been other articles written about it. Um, you know, because look, she's a godly woman, okay? And she has been a pastor's wife for a very long time. And unless you're truly called of God, you cannot do that. Just saying. <laughs> okay, carrying on with the article. You want me to read it? Okay. All right. So then there's the picture. We'll let everybody see the picture, the Tony Evans Bible commentary. I think that's pretty cool because, you know, we all know John MacArthur and others have theirs. I think this is really cool. But why this is significant is, is I'll read you here in just a second as it scrolls up here. Okay. It says here, <clears throat> basically, it took him seven years to do this. Okay. And then scroll up. Um, and then it goes on. Scroll up more. I'm trying to find the place that's important. I mean, it's all important, but keep scrolling. Yep. Okay, here it is. So it says, one of the things I point out in the Bible is the black presence in the Bible. Now, I thought this was cool. And one of the issues I have dealt with, there were years where I was not allowed to be on radio because of my race, and I was told that directly. So there has been in the Christian community and the evangelical community a consistent disparity in how minorities are treated and how uh, we are allowed to sit at the table equally. Shameful. It is. And so when they cut out the part of his speech, okay, this was Turk talking about Kirk, that was critical to his and our experience that demonstrated cultural, racial insensitivity, especially since it was nothing offensive. It was a fact of what had happened, so I felt that would have been appropriate since that's what his conscience told him to do. But I also told him, you must honor your conscience in a righteous way. And so that's why he put in there, he's willing to help rectify it, not just complain about it, because a lot of times you have complaints without solutions. Let's help heal. Let's not just keep divided, but also let's be clear on what's right and what's wrong. Keep scrolling up. Okay. Okay, I'm trying to see where there's other stuff. Okay, so there's more of that here. Okay, here's actually what I was thinking. Okay, to go back to your mention of the black presence in the Bible, is there something new that you brought forth in your commentary Bible? And this is cool. Now listen to this. While one is to, to acknowledge that it's there, in the lineage of Jesus are a number of people from the lineage of Ham, the lineage of Ham goes back to African people since he settled in Africa. We deal with the curse of Ham that was used to promote slavery in America and apartheid in South Africa. The role of Egyptians in the Bible is pointed out in scripture as well. The African presence in the church at Antioch in Acts chapter 13. Moses married Zipporah, who was the daughter of Jethro, an African priest. So that's often not pointed out. And in fact, in Numbers chapter 12, 
God judged Aaron and Miriam for their rejection of Moses's African wife. So early on, God was dealing with racism and interracial, interracial marriage. What I want to say to African Americans is if you see what's really in the Bible, you can find yourself there. You don't have to lose yourself to believe in Jesus. In fact, much of who we are is in Jesus. And, um, and so then there's more to the article. But I want to bring that out because I think that this is definitely worth celebrating. And even though the article goes on, it talks about how there has been other commentaries that were a compilation of African-American uh, authors and teachers and, you know, pastors and stuff like, you know, multiple people. Um, for Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans, to have his very first commentary and that whole series done, I think that is remarkable. And I think the black community should be very proud of that. Um, and I would say <clears throat> part of the reason I think they should be proud of it is because this guy is a biblical pastor. He's not a word of faith teacher. He's not somebody who's out there blabbing it and grabbing it and, and, and claiming he's an apostle so-and-so and he's, you know, doing all this crap that's unbiblical. He's actually a highly respected, highly intelligent uh, man of God. And so, you know, if I were you, and, you know, in fact, I'm probably going to do it myself. I'm probably going to go ahead and get that commentary set just because, just because of that. Because I, I think it would be cool. Just saying. I don't know. What do you think, Bareface? Well, definitely, I uh, I would almost, you know, I was saying, kind of, too little, too late. <clears throat> I mean, it just, just, you know, reading the part about him being basically shunned from radio, yeah, because of the color of his skin. That's that's shameful. That's disgraceful. I mean, I mean, one might expect it, you know, uh, you know, in an Islamic country, but in in Christendom, hey, you know, red, yellow, black, white, green, purple, orange, whatever. I mean, if you if if you're qualified and gifted, you know, to preach the word, come on. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Janet Parshall always said on her, says on her show, you know, that the church is the most segregated place on Sunday morning, and it's true. I mean, that's why we have black churches and white um, churches and and Asian churches and Hispanic churches and Catholic churches. And, and mm -hmm. you know, that last part was supposed to be funny. Don't get okay. upset. Um, Benny Prince wrote a book about that. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Who's Benny Prince? I don't even know who that is. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean. And so speaking of black folk. Kanye West. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Yeah, I did. Uh, we practiced before the show. Because <laughs> sometimes I mess stuff up, in case you haven't noticed that. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> anyway, Kanye West prompts Christian group to give 9,000 free Bibles to fans searching for faith. So I want to bring this up. This is an update to the article I, I read a couple of days back. Uh, talking about how the American Bible Society wanted to hand out 1,000, at least 1,000 free copies of the Good News translation to interested fans of Kanye West. And so now the update is saying that they have given out 9,000. Uh, so that is pretty cool um, to me. I don't care, you know, whether the gospel is preached in truth or pretense, like Paul said. 
Um, who cares? God, God can take the word of God. And anybody who opens God's word and reads it and is sincere in seeking the truth that's found in it will find him. I mean, it's just that great. I think it's awesome. So, <clears throat> yes, she is. Yay, you can say Kanye. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I want to share that. And then I got one more story left. And I, I know this show is like so fast today. Okay. So this, this last story, you're going to, you guys, this is the sign of our time. This last story. If it's good medicine for adults, why not for kids too? You listen to this. This is over on onenewsnow.com and it just really, it's just going to make you cry probably. So why not make you cry at the end of the show? Uh, it says here, children are now being considered for euthanasia. Uh-huh. In some countries where the practice is legal, which a proponent of patients' rights laments is really just a natural extension of euthanasia when it is legalized. Belgium and Canada are considering including children under existing euthanasia laws. So here, first of all, kids are a threat when they're in the womb because they can have somebody kill them then. But after they're out of the womb, now they're even at a greater threat. And a LifeNews.com article reports that 84% of Dutch pediatricians want the freedom to euthanize children between ages 1 and 12. What that? Yeah. Let's say your kid really ticked you off at when he was 3 years old. Hmm. Let's say the mom just wanted to kill the kid because she couldn't deal with it. I mean, that is horrific, you guys. Think about how horrible this is. Keep scrolling up. One News Now spoke with Rita Marker of the Patients' Rights Council, who explains that the rationale behind the practice is if it's declared a good medical treatment for a terminally ill, why should it be not why should it be denied for others? <clears throat> if it's good medis medicinal medical treatment for an adult, why wouldn't someone who is 17 or 16 or 6 be able to get this? She further explains the philosophy and we look at other medical treatments. Parents can authorize medical treatments for their children that the children themselves could not authorize. <clears throat> Marker describes it as the logical outcome at some point after euthanasia becomes the law of the land. This isn't a slippery slope, she continues. It's the recognition that once you change the law related to euthanasia or assisted suicide, that you are transforming a crime into a medical treatment, and then it's treated like any other medical treatment, the only difference being this particular medical treatment is cheaper than any other ways. Marker has discovered from numerous recent speaking engagements that people simply aren't aware of it, telling her that there's a need for people to be informed so that they can take action. <laughs> the province of Quebec has released its report on euthanasia for a one-year period through March of this year, and evidently doctors who euthanize some patients under Canadian law cannot be disciplined for not abiding by the law. Alex... Shadenberg of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition reports there were 1,331 reported deaths which under law are supposed to be people diagnosed with six months or less to live. But when you look at the report, you find that 13 of the deaths did not comply with the law, he tells One News Now. 
when you look further at the report, you realize that in three of those deaths, the person did not have a terminal condition whatsoever. In fact, these people were, were people with hip fractures. So you have then euthanasia for hip fractures. The problem, says Shadenberg, is that the law is written in such a fashion that doctors get away with it. So when we see irregularities in the reporting, such as 13 deaths did not comply with the law, it means that those people were dead already. They're dead, he states bluntly. And now in the reporting system, the physician made a comment which uncovers that the death did not comply with the law, but it doesn't really matter because the person's dead already. Shanenberg also explains that there's no provision for, for prosecution within the system and the law makes it virtually impossible to charge the doctor with manslaughter or murder. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, <clears throat> there's been a, there's been a other discussion about this too, you know, about, um, about the issue of, um, um, like, should you kill somebody who's depressed and they don't want to live anymore? Um, you know, and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you know, the Bible says that the Satan is the father of lies and that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy people. Just so you know. And uh, he does a dang good job of it. Bareface, do you have any comments on that one right there? I mean, that last story is really, you know. Well, you know, I think about, you know, the children we see with cancer. That's, that's so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, heroic things are done to, you know, preserve their lives. And, <clears throat> you know, three-year-olds with cancer, whatever. And... Some will look at that and say, oh, they're suffering too much. Let's just end their lives now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this whole thing, well, it, it's okay, I guess, in Canada to, you know, snuff somebody out if they're diagnosed with six months or less to live. I mean, if I received a diagnosis six months or less to live, it's like this is the time to live as much as I can, to live to the fullest, knowing not really know. You never know. I mean, this is a diagnosis, which is a diagnosis. You know, somebody's best guess. You know, medical professionals. Yeah, Cheryl Chumley's husband was told he was going to die, and he's now he's still living. Fifteen years later. Yeah. So. So. <clears throat> but you know, if you get a diagnosis like that, that's you know a a motivation to fill that time as much as possible, as long as you can. Like maybe you know after three months it'll get so you know where you can't do anything yeah but oh. instead of being the signal to oh i need to check out early you know somebody you know physician assisted suicide if it's assisted it's not suicide <laughs> it's it's murder um ask jack of Orkian. yeah mm -hmm. um that was before it was legalized in oregon and other places but you know, it's, it's, you know, if, if a three-year-old has terminal cancer, we do have, we have things like Make-A-Wish and other things to, you know, pack as much into the time that they have left. Right. Not to cut it short, you know, because it's, it's. Well, it would be a it's, heartless parent, especially it's a, it's if a they tragedy. It's trying a, to kill their it's kid. It's a tragedy and a travesty to, yeah. 
prematurely end life. The fact that <clears throat> someone has been diagnosed with a terminal illness, that's the tragedy right there, that their life is being cut short. You know, they've been diagnosed with a, you know, terminal illness. They're going to die in six months. That's a tragedy. You know, it's insult to injury to say, well, since they only have six months, let's go ahead and snuff them out now. I just... Well, in the hip thing, you know, today when I was playing pickleball, you know, Beth, pickleball Beth, yep. you know, she had hip re- two hips replaced recently, and she's, really? she's in her, well, she's close to 70, I think. She's that old? Yeah. Wow. I think she's in her 60s. She works well. Yeah, she does. But the point is, I'm playing today with her, and one of the things I'm thinking is she's doing really great, you know? I mean, she's running around there pretty good with new hips. So to kill somebody for having a broken hip when you can replace a hip today, I mean, hello, people. I guess it was too painful and yeah. couldn't wait for, well, and the and where they socialized medicine, maybe, I don't know, maybe the waiting <coughs> list was too long. I don't, yeah, I don't, um, I was going to bring up Do you up guys some, have any feedback here? I was yeah. going to bring up some scripture, but there, but there are too many scriptures. So, you know, that talk about life, you know, and choosing life. And, and you know, our Lord came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Not that we could choose death. I mean, death, death is through the curse. <laughs> you know, death Sorry. entered one, you know. Uh. Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. I mean, it's 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 not according to divine design you know it's it's the consequence of rebelling against divine design that we have death and so to use that as a medical treatment death is a medical treatment it just flies in the face of i think um humanity i'm um i even struggle with euthanasia of animals Sure. You know, putting down, put them to sleep. Um, yeah, we didn't. Our first cat, the other one, you know, he died on his own. And so, I mean, is death pleasant and pretty and enjoyable? Nope. No, because it's not designed. But you want, you know, you should... You want living things to live. I mean, we make... We make efforts. The reason we have a lot, you know, the medical technology that we do, these things have been developed for the most part. I mean, we can not getting into psychotropic meds or <laughs> anything like that. Or, um, but many, I would say, most uh, advancements in medicine have been to preserve life. Do you know that there's people? who get upset if you cut the grass because the grass has feelings and it can feel it when you cut it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Do you know how asinine that is? <laughs> I don't know about that. It's like the lawnmower. It's yeah. going to kill the grass. Yeah, it is. It's not going to kill the grass. It's actually... Well... Helps it in some cases. Oh. But... <laughs> It may be painful for the grass. I don't know. I don't care. But, it, but it's not fatal for the grass. Because it's grass. I mean, is it painful when I walk on the grass? 
It might be, but it's not fatal. So God was so mean that he created grass so that when humanity walks on it, drives on it, jumps up and down on it, that the grass is screaming bloody murder and like, ah, stay after me, whatever, because of that. I don't know. That's the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard you say. (laughs) I don't know. That's stupid, everybody. But what, whatever, just... whatever the case, it's not fatal. <laughs> it's not fatal. What we're talking about here. That's why AstroTurf was created, uh, so that real grass can live. <laughs> not really. <laughs> so um, stupid. But you know what we're talking about is human life, and we ought to be about preserving human life, and especially if you're a medical doctor. I don't know. Do they take the Hippocratic oath anymore? I it talks know. about do no harm and not <laughs> not cause an abortion, anything like that. I I was thinking about that. I I wonder probably if, outdated if, if they would change it. Gina has some comments. First of all, Gina has said some stuff like she said depressed and doesn't want to live makes more sense than a hip fracture. I know many people who were diagnosed to die and years later they are still living. Scientists have proven that plants make sounds when cut. The salad is screaming, don't eat me. <laughs> yeah. You know, put French dressing on me first and then eat me. Because then at least I will smell like French dressing. <laughs> I don't know. We've lost our minds collectively as a, as a, as humanity. Uh, yeah. But anyway. All right. So tomorrow night, my guest is Chris Randall. That's his name, Chris Randall. Uh, He is a guy over on TikTok, T-I-K-T-O-K, which I am now on. uh, And I post videos over there now that are interesting, I think. Um, If you want to follow me on TikTok, it's Stacy Lynn, L-O-J. So it's my name. Look here. It's spelled Stacy L-Y-N-N with no E anywhere. And L-O-J after that, which is stands for Ladies of Justice, as you guys know. By I the way... I a bit.ly link below your name. Hmm? What? Never mind. Well, anyway. So, here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> if you want to follow me on TikTok, just go Stacey Lynn L-O-J. If you um, want to donate to the show, which I totally forgot about... <laughs> You can donate to the show by going to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Um, thank you again to those of you who do give to the show. We totally appreciate it. We love you for always and forever because we know that it's a sacrifice to give. And thirdly, but I didn't forget. What? Can't you wait like two more seconds until I'm off there? What? Seriously, dude. You come up here. Do you want to say something? Come here. Come here. Get up here. Okay. Hello, little animal. What do you want, huh? Do you want me to beat you up in front of everybody? Do you, huh? You know mama loves you. Yeah, I do. My cat loves me. Yeah, he does. He doesn't run to Randall for hugs and kisses, just me. Yep, look at that face. Can you see it? Wait, my hair's in the way. Yeah. Did you hear him say hi to everybody? Say hi, Gideon. Go ahead. Say hi. Say hi. It's okay. Can you hear him purr? Probably not, huh? Yep. This is my baby boy. It's a miracle cat. Anyway, 
what I was going to say is I am looking for a few people to help protect legally <laughs> and with identity theft insurance. We still have goals to meet people. So if you are in the need of will or you are interested in learning more about Legal Shield or identity theft protection, you can still contact me and we can get you all signed up for that as well. Yes, we can. And then the money I make will help feed this little creature. Yeah, Will, you want to say hi? You say hi. You know what it is? I bet you I know what it is. Last week, I let him watch the YouTube video of the birds. And he just sat there and watched it for like a half hour. I even walked out of the room and I came back and he was still watching it. <laughs> and I haven't let him watch his YouTube video in a while. And I think, honestly, that's what you want, isn't it? You want to watch TV, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's my boy. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Also, oh, you, okay. I, I guess he just, when somebody needs their mom, I'm here. So anyway, okay, so tomorrow night, Chris Randall's going to be my guest. So I hope you guys show up. This guy, it's going to be his first interview ever. Um, and he is, he's a, he, I'll give you a little bit of background. He was, he had, um, he is a mechanic and he used to fix people's cars. This was his job. He did it as a ministry and for a living and he did it for free. And he, he did that. Uh, there she is. Dr. Jennifer Fee came into my show. Hey, you, Dr. Jennifer Fee. I heard that you scoped during our show. Seriously? Did you really do that? You actually scoped during Bible News Radio. You came in here, you pretended that you were going to watch my show, and then you went over to Periscope and you scoped. <laughs> Thereby trying to take my audience with you to go listen to you talk about anxiety or something. Didn't you, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, I know you. I know where to talk to you later, too. Oh, anyway, um... Vegans eat plants. Yes, we do know this, George. Uh, <laughs> okay, are you done? Okay. Do you, do you want to say goodbye? Do you want to say goodnight to everybody? Say bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for donating so that I can eat later. Oh, that's what it was, Randall. Cat food. Did you get cat food? I did not. Fortunately, we have one can left. Yep. So you'll get fed tomorrow, but you might have to starve later. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, we will see you. <laughs> we'll see you later. We'll see you tomorrow. I hope you guys have a good night. I just got cat drool all over me. Yeah, I do. And uh, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Please send us your feedback uh, attached with your donation when you email us at PayPal. All right, so <laughs> it's because Gina told me that you left Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we will we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, remember, be bold, uh, stand up, and go with God, people, because he loves you. We'll, we'll see you later.